Welcome to the Windy City Benders Podcast, presented by Beer League Talk, with your hosts, Noe, Poetsy, Jerem, and Tanner. And Dave Bolin. Holy shit, is it a good day today? Holy cow. Uh, Holy jumping. Holy jumping. Uh, hey, that's our next one, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome to the Windy City Bender Podcast, like the intro said, uh, presented to you by Beer League Talk. This is episode 65, the Andrew Shaw. And we are hashtag pumped, right, Jerem? Hashtag pumped, baby. Hashtag pumped. Oh, my God. Is today a cool-ass day because we've got an interview with David Boland and Maple <laughs> a little hey, bit. Um, yeah, remember that guy that won two cups? He was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that scored a game-winning Stanley Cup Finals goal. Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Remember number um, 36 for the Blackhawks? That he was awesome. awesome. We cover that and much, much more. Uh, we'll get to How that awesome he is. a little bit. He was the coolest. Um, got a full squad today for the first time in forever. That's what happens when Dave Poland, 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 Poland comes on the podcast. So... Uh, Thank we've God you got, didn't do that uh, interview in him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Potes and Noli. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> and Tanner. How that? <clears throat> Welcome back. And we got Jerem. How's it going, boys? Friggin' fantastic. Boy. Boys. As per usual, we'll start off with Guys, some. Me. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, Tanner, can I get my word in? Hox! <laughs> what, what, what are we starting with? Hox talk. There you go. There you go. A little bit of Hox talk. Uh, starting off with the biggest news uh, from the Blackhawks from the past, uh, probably the offseason so far, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the defense position was getting a little crowded uh, with all the prospects, all the moves that they made, all the veterans that they have. Somebody had to go. Turns out that somebody was Henry Yokiharyu. Bullshit. It's shipped off to Buffalo for Alex Nylander. And it's it's a bit split in our group um, on how we feel about it. Uh, so we'll start with with the nays with the nays over there. Why are we why are we upset? What are we what are we feeling? Let's let's have a group therapy session here. <sighs> well, see, I am doing better than when it first happened. At first, I was very upset. Um, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to feel because, like, I'm excited to see what Nylander can do. Obviously, we th- the Hawks have done this before. Dylan Strom turned around um, a third overall pick, and Nylander's an eighth overall pick, and everybody says he's got the potential. He's got the skill. I mean, you the Hawks had his dad before. His brother's in Toronto. Um, he can wheel. He can play. I mean, I don't doubt that he has the skill, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, but my, I, why do they keep trading top prospect defensemen for forwards when all they talk about is how they need defensemen? Not only that, they're uh, shipping off a right-handed defenseman, one of the most needed assets of any team out there 
So and all you get back is one player. You get a one for one and a guy who's been in the AHL for three years. I mean, Yoki Haru's played in more ga- NHL games than Nylander has, and Nylander's been around longer. I just don't get it. I, you, if you would have got at least a couple of draft picks or something back, I would have been like, okay, at least you got that. I know there's a lot more coming for the Blackhawks prospects D, and I'm excited for that still. I was really excited for y- Ho- Yoki Haru, and um, Lazarus was tweeting it out. He when Quinville was here, he was saying on how high Quinville was on Yoki Haru. He hadn't seen anybody him that high on anybody other than um, fuck, I can't think of who it was. And that's Saad. Saad, thank you. Um, and I mean, look at how Saad was at the beginning for the Hawks. It's just Q doesn't get high on people, and he was high on Yoki Haru. Obviously, he's gone. It's different with Colleton in there, but I don't know. I mean a quick right-handed defenseman that can move the puck sounds pretty fucking awesome to me. Everybody talked about how Nylander has this potential, like, you know, he just needs to find that motivation and all that kind of stuff. But then you're looking at people talking about what Buffalo was getting, and every single person that I saw, like, reading tweets or, like, listening to, like, analysts and all that, they're saying, Buffalo's getting an NHL-ready defenseman that he can step up and he can be that guy now. Like, that's the most frustrating thing. It's like, I understand that we need to move some of those D. We had that log jam. But it's like, why are you moving a guy that could potentially be your top two for definitely top four, but he could have been a potential top two, the core member of that defensive group? That's the most frustrating thing about this, I think. And and then the return, like Noy said. Like, I, I feel like he didn't get a shot last year. I mean, he had games, but I, I don't feel like he had a fair full shot. Like, I if you would have been – playing this year i think it would have been a lot better and i thought he was still pretty good last year and i sent you guys tweets of somebody going into the crazy analytics that i don't understand very well but i understand (laughs) when people explain them to me that he was let me pull it up real quick somebody else can talk for a second bowman's got this whole thing too with like trying to take these first round picks that just aren't panning out and trying to be like okay sell cheap and you know hopefully they'll blow up well, he's one for one right now with Yurko and Strom. I think he's banking on this being another Strom situation, and I hope I'm playing this exact thing in a year saying, oh, what a fucking idiot I was. But it's like, at what point do you got to stop saying, like, okay, I need to try to find that lottery ticket and build with what we have? Um, So the tweets were about, like, Corsi and everything like that. It showed that. While in the NHL, Yoki Hari was Chicago's best defender at preventing entries, creating zone exits, and best primary shot contributor all while on his ELC. Obviously, it wasn't it was just a small sample size because he didn't play the full year. And obviously the Hawks didn't win a bunch of games. So like the other defensemen, their numbers are gonna be a little different than that. But Yoki Haru played while he was there before Carlton came in, and then while Carlton came in when they weren't still weren't doing so good. So I mean, I don't know. I, I I mean, he has the potential, and like Jeremy said, a lot of like everybody, all the Buffalo fans are tweeting out that they just hosed us, and I feel I feel that way because, like I said, if it was more than just a one for one, I might feel a little better about it. But I was very high on Yoki Haru. I think you're. I think you're. I don't think it's a hose by any means. I think right now, Buffalo wins this deal just right off the bat, uh, and I agree. There should have definitely been more to this deal for. Yoki Haru, for sure, whether it's a, a, a different prospect or a draft pick or what have you. 
fuck taking Isimov. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I'm kind of okay with the deal in itself because, I, like I said, the the defense for the Blackhawks is so overcrowded. I'm going to go down the list real quick. Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Eric Gustafson, Connor Murphy, Calvin DeHaan, Olimata, Carl Dahlstrom, Slater Cuckoo, and then in the system coming up, Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, Ian Mitchell. I mean, I've listed off 10 names just there of players who could potentially all be in the running to make an NHL lineup in a year. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something something had to happen. Somebody had to go. And if you're going to take a look at that list and see, you know, who's probably got the most upside, it was probably Henry Yoki Haru out of that whole thing. Who's going to end up being the most attractive? Keith and Seabrook are both old. Eric Gustafson had one breakout year. You never know what he's going to what you're going to get from him. Connor Murphy's just okay. Calvin Dahan's hurt. Only is just okay. Nobody really likes Carl Dahlstrom. Slater Cuckoo's a journeyman. Nobody really knows anything about. Oquist, Bodan, or Ian Mitchell. Yeah, but the thing is, they have, out of all those guys you listed that are on the team right now, there's two right-handed defensemen. Like I said, right-handed defensemen are our biggest commodity, and you said the highest value is Yoki Haru. Then why the fuck are you just getting Alex Nylander back? No, and, and that's what I mean. I agree. I, I there just should have been more coming in for sure. I'm just that what that's what bought like I wanted Yoki Haru on the team. You, you I have the picture of Yoki Haru and Boquist standing together in their jerseys. I was so fucking excited for that tandem and I'm still hurt. I hope Nylander tears it up. I really do, and I think he can. I, I think he's got the potential to be like what Strom did last year. Um, like I said, he's got the talent, and even if it's just a motivation thing, being in a locker room with Taves, Kane, Keith, Zebra, Crawford, all those guys, like those are the guys you want him to be around. Those should, like should be motivation enough. Like Dave Boland said in our interview. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I still think I just wanted Yoki Haru. I wanted. I don't. I don't think I will ever be okay with this trade. Like I don't care if Nylander turns out to be another Strom. It's when four or five years down the line when we have this gape, a potential gaping hole in our D. It just, I don't know. I just felt like he was primed to be the guy, and it just, it's, it sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, now, now you got Boquist is definitely going to be the guy in a couple of years. Um, they are going to start talking to, it was either Bodine or Mitchell. I think it was Mitchell about next week about um, a contract for him. So, yeah, and Bodine said that he contract. wants to, and Bodine wants to go pro, so I mean, we'll see. They okay. they they do they still have good prospects, but I was just if you have all four of those guys up, that's fucking unreal. In the next five, like four years, all those four guys are your top four guys. Like, well, here's where here's what I'm thinking. It's oh shit, Tanner, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, fucking talk your side. So like, I'm thinking. I'm not, I'm not mad at the trade at all. It's like I'm cool with it. Right. Like Coach said though too. Like I I feel like they could have gotten more, but it could just be like a move that they're making because of like future cap considerations that they're going to be facing. Like Yokoharu has two years left on his contract, and like the rest of like the Hawks defensemen that they like their literal like top five that they have not included, and like that's not including Eric Gustafson. Like, they're guys that are probably going to have to play are all at least three years left on their contracts. Where if you're going to – I'm assuming they're going to probably want to try and keep Gustafson 
And if not, they're probably hoping that like either Bowden, Boakfist, or Ian Mitchell can step in. And that's the thing, like all of these like prospect defensemen we have literally have three years left on their contracts. So if they can step in within the next three years at some point and like work their way up, they're going to be stepping in at a point where Connor Murphy, Olimata, Calvin DeHaan, their contracts are all ending and all that money that you're spending on defensemen can be shifted to the newer prospects Right. where you would have to pay Yoka Harju a year earlier and you'd probably end up tying up close to 30 million in defensemen alone. Cause like, I don't know who you'd want to move. Right. So he's, probably, he's probably the best piece to move. And you're kind of, I guess I, it really feels like they're, they're betting a lot on Nylander being or Nylander being the eighth overall pick that he was projected to be. Cause he's got two years left on his contract, but as a forward, he's coming in where like Anisimov and Saad will be, having their contracts up at the exact same time. And maybe like if he can show that he can take that spot, that either makes them expendable or makes them look a lot cheaper to bring back onto the team. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. I understand that. I mean, we all know cough, cough, Seabrook's going to end up on LTIR at some point. Like it's going to happen if they can't move him. Like it's going to happen somehow, some way they'll get him on there. Um, and they're gonna have an assassin at practice <laughs> on the ice, and he's just gonna like take out a knee. I hope not. I no, yeah. no, like I shouldn't even put that out into the goddamn. No, <laughs> no don't do that. Yeah. Cut that. Cut that. Bad. Uh, <laughs> bad take. Uh, no, it's just I don't know. And Pose, you had a good point too when we were texting about it. It could be something along the lines of the Bowman just looking out for the um, expansion draft coming up. What is it next summer for Seattle? Mm-hmm. So I mean. If it's something along those lines, I, I guess I understand. I just really wish they would have got more back for him. That's my biggest problem. Um, but I did see today somebody tweeted out that the Hawks have been shopping Anisimov and Perlini. Oh, really? Yeah, those two guys have been getting shopped around a lot. So that's interesting. I wonder if it's going to be like a, if they've Ooh. been trying to shop him as a pair or something just to get Anisimov out since Perlini looked yeah. so good last year with the Hawks. Yeah, but Hawks also only have like $2 million to spend, and I don't know if like – Purely, and he's looking to get more than that too. Right. I mean, yeah. If you give the guy a million dollars, he can't be too upset. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he was good last year, and he scored a lot of timely goals. But yeah. I mean, he really hasn't proven himself as an NHL player. He did score like he scored goals in bunches, where he scored yeah. like five in like three games. Yep, definitely. He and ended he up having six with the Blackhawks, and yeah, put up twelve bingos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't. I'm looking at his contracts right now. He hasn't made anything over eight hundred and sixty-three dollars. Well, the AAV dollars point three. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Eight hundred and sixty-three dollars. Right, man, I'm making more than him. I'm not even in the show. <laughs> it's called an entry-level contract, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, he's probably looking for anything like one and a half and above. I mean, if he was being nice, you know. So, um, quick question that I was just kind of thinking. Uh, right now about the whole Yuki Haru thing, it wasn't necessarily a secret that he wasn't happy about being sent down to the minors a couple of different times. Um, I'm wondering if maybe it was just bad blood and he just was looking for something new. I mean, it, that's kind of a, a, a rash decision to make when you're just one year in, but I'm wondering if he was just like, you know what, if you're just going to throw me in the minors, don't even have me. I don't know. Yeah. 
that doesn't make any sense to me because I mean, like you said, he's a first year guy. He's twenty years old. Defensemen take a while to to get into their game and make it to the NHL. There's not many guys that come straight out of the like a year of or whatever, like after a year after getting drafted and making it to the show. I mean, he had a lot a lot of good. I thought, like I said, I thought he played well with the Hawks, the games that he did play. And then he went down to the A and he was playing power play. He was playing PK. He was playing all the minutes that he should be playing, that he will be playing one day in the NHL. So he, it was just a, you need more ice time to produce your game more. And I like, yeah. I don't see how he could be upset at that. I mean, I get, you get a taste of the show and you want to stay there like any other guy in the NHL that has ever played there. I'm sure they'd never want to leave, but he's 20 years old. He's going to make it. So, yeah. I mean, if he's that upset about playing in A, good luck playing in Buffalo, bro. He yeah, literally no just turned 20, like, less than a month ago, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if that's what it is, then maybe it's good we got him out. I don't know. Yeah. Also, going well, on that Buffalo stuff, if you're saying, like, good luck playing in Buffalo, like, maybe that's the problem with, like, why Nylander wasn't able to make it on that team. Because that's what it sounded like. Yeah. Squad. Definitely. And and it kind of goes with the whole O'Reilly thing from last year, how he's saying he yeah. lost his love for the game. I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I'm not – Fucking left the team. Yep, he would rather lose all that money than play on that team. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I think we've talked about it. I'm not a huge Eichel fan. I don't, and I don't think he gives off the good aura. I think it comes from a lot from him. I mean, it's definitely from management and coaching and everything like that. But I don't know. He's the captain, and he LeBron got a, he got a coach fired because he didn't like the coach. I mean, yeah. that, I don't know. Multiple isn't didn't Phil Housley too. Yep, Phil Housley just lost yeah. his job there. I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, if you're, if I, don't know. I think Phil Housley and uh, and Eichel actually liked one another. Yeah, they did. Um, well, with with Housley, what's his so. name? Bilesma. He got Bilesma fired. Yeah. yeah. So um, went from first place to not making the playoffs. So. Yeah. yeah, and ten game win streak and not making the playoffs. But yeah. speaking of Buffalo's D, like they are gonna look pretty good actually and they are a team that have a lot of right-handed defensemen especially adding yoki haru and so yeah i don't know yeah they're gonna look good on the back end for sure um including henry yoki haru i don't know if you guys saw this tweet or not but stan bowman has now traded every one of our first round draft picks from 2011 all the way up until 2017 mark mcneil philip deneau tavo terravinen Ryan Hartman, Nick Schmaltz, and now Henry Yuki Haru. Yeah, I the went one, through and broke down everything. The one, the one <laughs> that I'm more upset about than Yoki Haru is the Philip Deneau one because they went on and got yes. Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman. And Philip Deneau is a stud um, core centerman that so buy good. Anisimov if we had Philip Deneau because that would be unreal yeah. if, if Deneau was in the lineup right now. And Fleischman and Weiss were – something we did not need that year on that playoff run. And, and Dale Weiss even came out and said they didn't like me there. So it was like, why did they even do that? Because the Dutch Wayne Gretzky, boys. Come on now. What? Dale what Weiss was the Dutch Wayne Gretzky. Oh. What year did they trade to know to Montreal? That was uh, 16. I'm trying to think. Who the hell was our second-line center? Wasn't no. it? It was an Eason Mont. No. Nisa. No, it was before the 15, wasn't it? No. When did they lose to the Blues? That was 16. 16. Yeah, so that was an Eason off with, with uh, Panarin and Kane. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was playing third and fourth line. And I think that you just like 
not playing with anybody. He would have been the replacement for Marcus Kruger. He would have been a more offensive Marcus Kruger. Oh, yeah. he, just got, he got the opportunity to play, like, top more top minutes in Montreal and just kind of exploded. Like, that was good yeah. for him. Like, he probably just wouldn't have gotten that in Chicago, which is like, yeah. you know, like, if we were to hold on to him and didn't make that trade, maybe he doesn't become the player he is today. You never know. Like, I wasn't too mad about that trade at the time. Like, looking back at it now, it's like, yeah, it sucks because he's fucking, like, showing up in Montreal. Right. But... You know, like at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's okay." Like he's playing third and fourth line; it's fine. Like that, I felt like we didn't really give up that much when I thought we were getting some more grit and like some hardworking fucking players. They honestly, like watching them play during that season, like it, they were grinding hard as hell. And it's just they did, they got no fucking bounces, and it was just like that really sucks because like on the board, you know, it doesn't show up that they had any like any points. But like we were watching those games and being like, I mean, they're fucking there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, uh, the uh, the Hawks prospect camp is going to be coming up here in a couple weeks, and Alex Nylander actually just got added to that list. I think they said it's the first three year pro to make it to the prospect camp. Yeah, <laughs> um, so he'll be there. I believe Kirby Doc will be there. So uh, it'll be kind of cool, to actually, <clears throat> kind of get to see these guys, you know, live and uh, live and in person and. Uh, they uh they did give a uh, DACA um contract. contract too. Did they? Yeah, they did yeah, sign they just century. Yeah, did, oh, yeah, that's did, right. I totally forgot about that. The yeah. first the first step he said the first step in getting him to play in the NHL is get signed to a contract and like he's yeah. gonna get his time in camp and he's gonna like if they're gonna go from there and see what he's doing maybe he'll get some time in the first few games of the season maybe preseason or something like. The, if the kid shows up and he's ready to fucking go I think the Hawks are like yeah you're fucking going let's get it going. Well, did I you see that they're going to give him the what is it? Eight games? Eight yeah, games? no, nine. nine. I think it's nine. Once you hit ten, you can't play. Give him the Once nine. You hit ten, then it then it burns a year off your contract. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have you guys looked at the Hawks Twitter page? Like their actual Twitter page? No, no, not in a while. Um, their what is it? Banner picture, oh, right? God. The one in the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, Strom Doc. And Tay's jerseys. Shut the hell up! I swear to God, I saw it today. Oh, like I they're fucking, it. they're ready for it, dude. That's well, their, wait. that's their center depth, third line, or third overall pick. I, I, I sent you guys the the fucking video that he did from like before the draft, where he like where the guy fucking handed him a fucking uh, hair blow, like a hair blower. <laughs> oh my like, god! Sell this to me. It's like. If you don't use this, you better use this on oh your my head. God. And if you don't, I don't know, figure it out. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Absolutely was like, oh, I'm falling in love. This is fantastic. <laughs> what did that guy say to respond to that? Because what he said was fucking so funny. <laughs> I, I got to change my pants. Yeah. Was that yeah. good? I got to go change my pants. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I don't, I don't think I watched that. It was uh, it was what Tanner had sent us on uh, on Instagram. I don't think so. Oh, I deleted on Instagram. my Instagram. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's hilarious. I'll I'll send it to you via text. Um, okay. Um. Blow dryer, use this. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> just fucking love it. <laughs> Hawks convention. Uh, they just released the uh, the list of players, coaches, alumni, and all that stuff for the. Uh, uh, the convention coming up uh, July 26th to the 28th. 
pretty decent. Uh, it's a lineup. it's a good lineup. It's a very good lineup. Past couple of years have been bad. It's yeah, it's been slipping. I'm stoked when I saw the lineup uh, come out. Uh, a lot of good current players: Taves, Kane, Debrinket, Strom. Um, a lot of big name guys. Seabrook's going to be there too. Um, All the guys that they acquired this this off season are going to be yeah. There. A lot of prospects are going to be there. Doc's going to be there. Uh, Boquist. I'm stoked. I'm going to try to get his autograph. Um, but a lot of it's weird because like all the alumni now it's like switching from like the really old alumni guys from like the 60s and 70s to like Brian Campbell <laughs> and Jamal Mayers and Ben Eager and Adam Burrish and I'm like I've watched these guys play yeah and mm-hmm. now they're alumni <laughs> well I mean it's only like six years ago <laughs> I know and it's weird too because I'm I can't wait to see what happens next year at the it's gonna be the 10 year anniversary of the 2010 Cup so yeah. You gotta do something for that. Oh, yeah. and I don't know if you guys heard, but Dave Bolin's gonna be at the convention. Ooh. Oh, um, ever heard of him, Dave Bolin? Yeah, ever Ever heard of him? Uh, only guy other than Dave Bolin, I'm super pumped. I wish I could see uh, at the convention. Doug fucking Gilmore. Yeah. Doug no Gilmore. shit. Oh yeah. Dougie Gilmore is gonna be at the convention, and the three and a half minutes that he played on the Blackhawks, I that's incredible. They should get Bobby um, Orr. I just I just wanted to point out, I got so excited when you said Adam Boakfast and Kirby Doc. I'm just like, oh, that is the future. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Future. <laughs> future. <laughs> still, still no Amante, though. I'm upset about that. Yeah, I mean, he's too fat to fit through the oh, doors. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, hey. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they added... Chelios and Ronick, as of like last year, I think they finally got Chelios, and now they're starting to get Ronick. So I mean, they're starting to get those kind of guys in there too. Yeah. Like yep. guys. And yeah. Belfour is going to be there too. So Belfour, Larmer always comes; he'll be there. So yep. Um, yeah, it should actually be a really, really good one this year, especially with the tenth anniversary for the uh, uh, the cup. So well, um, that's next year. So hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we'll make it out there, right? You know, if we, any fans want to say hi to us while we're there, <laughs> uh, we'll be wearing the hats. Well, you guys will. I'm going to be in London. Yeah, I won't be there either. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> you sound like you're from London. Um, all right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up Hawks Talk. We're going to move it along. Speaking to, of Dave Boland. Yeah, the, this guy, you know, just real small, not really a household name. So don't so, get excited about the interview. So, so is he? He's the original rat, right? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Like they call Brad Marchand the rat. Well, like he's the original rat. Like I don't know. I mean, you can you can make a case for guys like Avery Flurry. Nah, 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 nah. Were they ever nah. called the rat though? Did they I ever? Mean, none of them were actually called the rat, but they played like rats. Playoff and or Stanley Cup final goal. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's accurate. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, we'll move it on. David, the one. All right. Well, uh, we have probably the biggest interview that we've gotten so far. Uh, former Stanley Cup champion, uh, Memorial Cup champion, World Junior champion, 2004 second round, 32nd overall pick by the Chicago Blackhawks, David Boland is on the show. David, how are you? What's going on, guys? I'm good. How about you guys? Oh, we are fantastic now. 
Absolutely excited. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. pumped to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everybody in Chicago knows how incredible of a career that you've had, especially with the Blackhawks. But I do want to start just a little bit earlier, getting a little taste of your junior career because you started with <clears throat> London Knights uh, and your final year, you potted a solid 130 points. Um, how was it adjusting from being the guy that was kind of the go-to guy on the London Knights to, you know, an NHL team where you kind of had to figure out what your role was? Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a change. Uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was that go-to guy. I was on the power play and I was scoring goals and I was the, the main guy. And when I got to the NHL, I had to, uh, figure something else out and had to, uh, figure out how to stay up in the NHL. Uh, I played a year in the AHL and I put up some good points there, but <clears throat> there's a huge jump from junior to the AHL and then to the NHL. Uh, so uh, the first year in the AHL, I was still trying to find my way. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then the year after, uh, once I got up there, uh, I think it was Q that, that kind of put me in the, that third line role. And uh, I was sick of riding the bus and I'd rather be, flying on planes and eating uh, nice meals instead of eating bar food. So it was, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a huge, it's a huge adjustment from the AHL to the NHL. And uh, I wanted to stay up in NHL and uh, my role was soon to be that shutdown guy. Well, you played one game in the 06, 07 season with the Blackhawks. And that was the year before Kane Taves, you know, the whole group of you guys came in to kind of, um, you know, bring in this, uh, uh, this whole new style. Back then, the United Center was lucky to have 5,000 fans. And do you remember those, that one game? Do you remember that? I mean, it was your first NHL game, so I'm sure you do. But uh, like the differences between United Center then versus what it is now. Oh, there's a huge difference. Uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure there's like you said, there was probably 5,000 people in the, uh, in the crowd and, uh, it was dressed, dressed up like a seat night, uh, how it used to be. <laughs> but, uh, but my first game against, uh, my first game was against the Vancouver Canucks and I lined up for my first shift was against, uh, the Sedin twins and Marcus Nazarin. Um, oh, so geez. it was a, uh, yeah. So it was a bit of a coincidence that, uh, that I got lined up with them in my, my first NHL game. So it was, uh, it was crazy. Um, it's just, it's just happy to see how the Blackhawks are now to when I got there in, I think it was 06 or 05, 07, around those years. And just how much it, it built and, and got better and better. And what John and Stan and Dale and a lot of guys, uh, what they did for that organization is, is unbelievable. I was going to say, like, if that was your first game, that was like, the Sedin's pretty much first taste of, of you pestering them like nonstop for like your entire time on the Hawks, huh? Uh, that, that first game was a little different. Uh, I was trying to get my feet wet and I was looking to try to score my first NHL goal. Uh, <clears throat> so it wasn't much, uh, I wasn't really much on getting on the Sedin's yet, but uh, later on, once I got that role and I had to shut down those top guys, I had to, uh, that's what I had to do. So you mentioned kind of Coach Q is what kind of like set that role for you. Um, what was it like, you know, 
being coached by by one of probably arguably the greatest coaches uh, in the NHL. Yeah, Q's a great coach. Uh, he's he's a great man and manages the guys. He's a great uh, guy coach. Uh, he was always there when we needed him, and he was he was great with everything. Uh, he's he's one of the best coaches I I've I've played for. Uh, yeah, for guys to have him and to play from, you're you're lucky to have him because he teaches you a lot about the game and off ice and a lot about everything. So uh, I think Q's going to go down as 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 a Hall of Fame coach, and it's he's he's one of the best coaches out there. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think we all kind of know from that 2010 years, just seeing how the videos of how relaxed you guys were through the playoffs against the Sharks and stuff. You guys are playing Wii and everything like that. I mean, what was it like going through that year in 2010, winning and winning your first cup, seeing everybody raise the cup for the first time and just how much fun you guys were having? Yeah, I had lots of fun. Uh, it was crazy because – you see, kind of, you see the guys now. If, if you could imagine, if we could have kept that team, we probably would have had four or five straight cups in a row. Uh, but we had to lose Boff and Ladd and Versteeg and all those guys, and it it it, it, it kind of sucks with, uh, with with all that cap issues. But uh, but we had tons of fun. Uh, I just remember every time after we won a series, we'd all go out downtown in Chicago and have a few beers and enjoy enjoy the first round and. We'd have a good night and we'd be relaxed and get ready for the second round. So uh, we had tons of fun that year. And just doing it in Chicago is, is one of the best cities. Yeah, I mean, you guys are all, like we said, you guys all kind of came up together. I mean, you guys were all in early 20s. So, I mean, I can't, I've got to imagine it was a good time, uh, especially in downtown Chicago for you guys. Yeah, it was. It was. We were still young and we are going out and having some fun. So it was a, it was a good time. Well, after you guys had won the cup in 2010, uh, 2011, like you were saying, was kind of a transition year because a lot of guys had gone, uh, made the the playoffs by the the skin of your teeth, and you actually missed the first three games of that Vancouver series uh, to where you know um, uh, the Hawks were down 3-0, uh, and then you yeah. came back, and all of a sudden, three straight wins. I mean, uh, I'm not saying it's not a coincidence or anything like that, but <laughs> uh, so was there a? Did you feel like a specific uh, turn in the locker room when you kind of your your presence was <clears throat> in there? Or I uh, know I, I just remember coming back and uh, I think it was like the first shift I got out there and I I remember I I'm pretty sure I I hit someone pretty good and the crowd started going crazy and uh, I think dunks dunks hit someone big and I think after that kind of the the rotation and. I think everybody's like, geez, like I think we got a chance here. We can, we can take these guys. We, we beat them all the time. So uh, <laughs> there was a little bit. Of tur- there was there was a bit of a turning point there that we that uh, that we knew we could beat these guys. It was it was just getting that momentum, and uh, we kind of had it there. And I kind of thought we we did have them until that game seven. But uh, but it was a uh, it was just a great moment. To, I think just for the fans, for us coming back and and almost beating Vancouver. I was gonna. I think that was like the first series where like you guys did come back from pretty much th- down three nothing. That kind of like solidified like any other series from then on. Whenever you guys were down three nothing, like everybody was like, "Don't count Chicago out because you just come back and fire on all cylinders." And like that happened against Detroit in like 2013, and then it almost happened again against LA in like 2014, which was like crazy stuff. It was like, just never count out the Chicago team. I'm pretty sure that series was the one that just kind of had everybody think about that. 
No, for sure it was. Like we we had great team. We had great guys in the room, and we had Taser as a great captain, and Dunks and Thieves. Those are great assistant guys that that, that help out as well. Uh, but we just had a, a great group of guys that that came together and stuck up for each other. If someone was, was getting stuck, you know, someone was coming in there to, to, to help out and to, to pick up the slack. But uh, we just had a great group of guys that, that were with us. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, like, all those guys, like Taze and Kane and Keith and all those guys, I mean, what's it like in the locker room seeing how motivated those guys are and, are and how ready they are every year and how bad they want it every year? I mean, what's what's it like just being around them? Yeah, they're great, great athletes. Uh, we got Taser and Kane and Dunks and Siege uh, and Crow, and uh, they're all competitors. Uh, they're all winners, and they want to win. Once you get that taste of winning the cup one time, uh, you want to win every year. Uh, you don't want to be last or second. Uh, you want to be first, and you want to take that cup home all the time. So those guys are uh, those guys are, are competitors, and they're they're great teammates, and they'll go down in history in Chicago and probably the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, I want to go back real quick. You just mentioned uh, a bunch of different players. I want to talk about Corey Crawford real quick. So I know you and him have kind of been together for uh, had been together for a long, long time. Uh, just talk about the, the turnaround for, for Crawford. I mean, he came in 2010-2011, uh, split time with Turco basically, and then just kind of uh, took off from there. But he still hadn't won the city of Chicago over until that 2013 year when you guys had won the was it one of those things where you had always known that it was in there, that it was in him, and you know that you knew that not having the fans on his side just yet was kind of the drive for him? Uh, I think Crow Crow was Crow Crow was uh, coming up to uh, the minors, so we both came came uh, up through Norfolk and then Rockford, and I left, and then he stayed for a little bit longer. But uh, Crow is a competitor, and he's a great goalie, and you can see. You see how he is now, uh, and he. Some guys just take a little bit longer to get up there, and Crow did that. And look at him now; he's uh, he's one of the best goalies in the league, and uh, he uh, he's a competitor. He doesn't give up on pucks. He's he's always in there until the end. Uh, he's uh, he's a great guy and a great goalie, and uh, I think Chicago's lucky to have him. So moving ahead a little bit to uh, the 2013 season. Um... That was just an absolute magical season. Um, you know, start out with the lockout um, when you guys came on, and then just had that unbelievable run of just points every. What was that? And being like 20, 25 games. Yeah. Um, what was yeah. it like? Just being like, what was it like in like in the locker room and just around the team? Like as that's going on, like do, do you guys re- was it like known how special that was? Or was it just kind of business as usual and then appreciate it later on? Well, it's business as usual, uh, but it was still a lockout. It was that lockout year. So uh, that whole first half of the, the season that you're playing, uh, you're kind of just skating and you're getting ready for the season or you never know when the season's going to be, right? So uh, you have to be ready. And we were coming in and we knew we had to be ready for this season and for the playoffs so it was uh it, it was it was a great season and a great finish to to that 2013 year because uh it was just great beating boston so <laughs> yeah, i mean <laughs> what really happened towards the end of that game i don't know yeah. if you remember it all or recall but yeah, uh, i think uh, i blinked and missed it i don't know <laughs> yeah i went by pretty quick there those two goals came quick 
Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much better for you. Um, I mean, everybody dreams of scoring that game-winning goal. I mean, what was it like for you, and why Why the yard sale? Why did you toss everything? Uh, yeah, like everybody asked, did you, did you think the game was over? But the game wasn't over. I knew the game wasn't over. Uh, if you look, uh, if you look, if you go back and look at the tape, you see, uh, who was it, uh, Boy, is it Boychucker? Something yeah, like that. Boychuck, yeah. He, uh, yeah, so when Boychuck, <clears throat> he had his stick, and his stick came over my hands, and when he caught it, he was kind of caught my hands and didn't let go. So when I started pulling, uh, I just pulled, and I just said, fuck it. Just threw the gloves <laughs> off, and, and, uh, and, and, over. and I knew, I, yeah, I was like, well, the game was over, so. Yeah, uh, I just threw the gloves off of the stick and celebrated. Uh, I couldn't believe how quick those two goals came out with Bickle and myself scoring there. So it was uh, it was just a quick moment, and Boychuk got my gloves caught, and I just let him go. Well, were you surprised that that Q had thrown your line out there with about a, a minute and? I don't even know how many seconds left to go in a tie game. I mean, you guys are probably celebrating on the bench, Kane, Taves, Bickle, Keith, you know, Seabrook, all these, you know, uh, top, you know, top guys, top scoring guys are out on the ice. Were you surprised that Q had thrown your line out there to, to kind of finish up the game or was it just, all right, let's go finish this? Uh, no, like normally, <clears throat> I think it was like me, Krugs and, and Pro. So uh, our line was kind of known with the shutdown line and I forget. I'm not even sure who was on the line, who was out there, who we were, we were against. But uh, but uh, normally we go out there to make sure that we shut the line down, or we had to uh, keep the scoring down, or if it's the top line. But uh, when Q threw us out there, we we were just we were ready to get out there and hey, whatever happens, at least we go in the OT uh, or go back to uh, or if, well before even the, the the first goal by Bickle, uh, we were kind of. Like okay, well we'll just go back to uh, we'll just go back to Chicago and we'll win the cup there, and because we won it away in Philly the first time, so the second time would be at home would be nice. But uh, after we scored those two goals, we kind of thought, well, it's over now, so uh, we'll just win it here in Boston. Uh, Dave, I just gotta I gotta thank you for that goal, by the way. Um, back then, I had uh, accidentally forgotten like what day it was. I kind of mixed my days up. And I actually went on a Tinder date <laughs> during the cup yeah. final of game six and everything yeah. was going crazy. And then you won the game and, you know, just helped me seal the deal that night. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so I got to, I got to thank you for that one. So you got a goal and an awesome. assist on that Congratulations. one. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> Did you lose your virginity? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. I mean, before then, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but I, speaking of, like, Froelich and Kruger, I mean, that line was unreal. You three together were so good. Like you said, you are so good at shutting down, and then you can go out and score a goal, no problem. I mean, what was it like playing with those guys? Did you guys just have unreal chemistry, yeah. or what was it? No, it was, uh, we were kind of uh, flip-flopping. I know my uh, – <clears throat> I know I came back from uh, – I think it was a groin injury uh, in that Detroit game. So I was, uh, was kind of up and down and – wasn't in my role and uh and things were, were going up and down so uh i know my groin was still a little bit tweaked but i came back to play and uh i guess that detroit series um but uh with playing with Cruz and and for league uh it's kind of a, a safe line uh <clears throat> you knew if 
you knew if something went wrong in our defensive end, uh, I knew I could count on Fro and, and Kruger to be there for me because uh, they're great defensive guys. And they were always, they were, they were also uh, had a little bit of offensive skill to, to help out. So uh, I think as a shutdown line, we were great. And we, uh, I was just glad we, I was with those guys when, uh, when I scored that game winning goal. So, um, which obviously, I mean, both cups are absolutely amazing, but, um, is there one that, you know, holds a little bit more? I mean, obviously the game winning goal, you know, it's gotta be a, a big one, but is that, does that beat the first yeah. one? Uh, well, they're both big. Uh, I think winning, winning my first cup and then scoring the game winning goal to, to, to win a cup. Uh, I think they're, they're both huge. They're both big. Uh, I can't say one of them better than the other, but, uh, I think they're both huge. So um, let's ask this then, follow up with that. Um, which one had the better uh, day with the cup? Uh, same thing. I think <laughs> they're both they're both fun. Uh, the the first time I the first day I had the cup, we uh, we had it here in uh, in uh, in, Can in Ontario in London, Ontario, and I took it to uh, to my hometown in Mimico, and we had a big parade and a big party, and we enjoyed enjoyed the fun. And the second time. Uh, I kind of learned from my first cup and had a little bit more time to myself with it, with uh, my parents and my family uh, and took it to the hospital to see some kids. Uh, so it was good. It, it was both times I, I had it. Uh, I got to utilize it and take it around to make sure people saw it and had a great time with it. Any good stories about, uh, about uh, parties after the cup wins or anything like that you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, we had some good times. I think, I think the one, there was the, I think pretty sure it was the first cup. Uh, I think our, uh, our ownership, our, uh, president and I think GM said, don't take the cup to, uh, don't take it to, to Wrigleyville because it'll get a little crazy. And, uh, I think a few of us were like, well, we, we got to take it to Wrigleyville. It's, it'd be <laughs> awesome. So, so we, uh, so we were at the, uh, the bleachers, the, uh, the building across from Wrigley oh, and uh, we took it up top there. Yeah. So we took it over there and we, uh, we had some fun with it. We we're filling up with beer and tequila and drinking out of it. And I just remember everybody from the game was looking back on us and they weren't watching the Cubs game. And then after that, the Cubs game was done and we were partying up on there and people came out on the street and the street was so packed. We had to get, get police escorts to, uh, to come out and, and get us through the crowd. So, uh, there's there's lots of stories and fun times with that thing, and I just thought that we got to uh, we got to we got to experience with with the Chicago fans and yeah. take it out and around so so all the Chicago fans can experience it as well. This is a question that I'm really curious, just because your role um, you're great at just getting underneath um, all these players' skins and just you know just push them to the point where you know they just get it's beyond frustrated. I'm really curious to see, uh, wondering how how you feel about um, the way Brad Marchant, you know, takes this role, um, because you know you guys do it two completely different ways. Um, and I was just kind of more curious to see how you how you feel about his, his way of doing it. Uh, yeah, everybody plays their own role. Uh, I think his is more a little edgier. Uh, he's uh, he gets a little more looking looking in the looking at the face and uh, and. Uh, kissing guys and a few other things. But uh, I think there's a lot of guys that play different roles. And I know uh, how I played my role was was playing hard and trying to get under guys' skins, but also to shut them down and make sure they didn't score on our net. Uh, 
So, uh, but the way Marshawn does it, hey, it's the way he does it, and he's a uh, he's a competitor as well, and he's a uh, he's a top top line guy in the league. Uh, he's a scorer. He's, he puts assists up. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. So, uh, guys have different ways of doing it, and he's doing a good job of it. Would you have licked anyone's face? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. No, no. Yeah. Well, uh, after that, uh, after that win in 2013, uh, kind of the same thing as it was in 2010. Blackhawks had to make some moves. Unfortunately, you were one of them. Uh, you made it up north to Toronto. What was that transition like, going from the Hawks to the Maple? Still an original six franchise, still you know a crazy fan base, but definitely two organizations in different directions at the time. Uh, yeah, it was. I think it was. Uh, it, it was. I, oh, I think I think my time with the Hawks was coming to an end there, and with money and, and cap space, like always. So uh, I was I was hoping to be a Hawk for life, but uh, it's a business, and that's just the way uh, hockey goes uh, nowadays. So, uh, but I was uh, fortunate enough and thankful for uh, Stan Bowman to send me to Toronto as uh, my hometown and where I grew up and uh, where I was a Leaf fan when I was a kid. So. I got to fulfill my dream of, of playing for my hometown and mm-hmm. playing for the Leafs. And the difference, there's kind of no difference there. Two original six teams, uh, two ownerships that take care of their, their players and and will do anything to, to help their team win. Uh, so there's there is nothing nothing uh, as different as that. But I know there was different transitions through um, through uh, the. The Hawks were already Stanley Cup, and the 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 Leafs were building to be a Stanley Cup team. So uh, there was some difference there, but uh, I was there for a little bit of time. I think I played about 15 games, and I uh, I cut my ankle there, uh, my perineal tendon, and my uh, my season was done, and the end was uh, the end was uh, was there with the Leafs. Well, I mean, you said you want to be a Hawk for life, and uh, it's. I think now that your historic uh, Coyotes career is over, I think uh, everybody's going to remember you as a Blackhawk from now on. So that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know my all my years, my best years were with the Hawks. Uh, I'll always, uh, my heart's always in Chicago, and I always love Chicago. Yeah, we we definitely wish you would have been on a part of the team going forward too. And it's just unfortunate how that had had to happen. But I mean, thank you for all those years that you gave us. That was yeah. absolutely unreal. Yeah, thank you for being fans. Like, it, it, I think uh, I think Chicago has the best fan base in the league. Uh, I just remember going from every city to city to whenever we played, and there were Chicago fans everywhere. So uh, I was just glad I was drafted by Chicago. I know, I know when I was uh, getting drafted, um, they had me projected in the first round around 20 to 30 and uh at the time i was you kind of want to go first round and to be a first round pick but now you kind of look back and i'm kind of glad i went second round and went 32nd overall because the hawks weren't that well they're transitioning to be a better team and they're they're looking for players and uh being that top pick in the second round kind of helped me get to nhl quicker and, and play for the hawks yeah I think we're all thankful of that too. Um, I mean, the convention list just came out, says that you're going to be there. I mean, are you excited to be back at 
the convention, see all the guys again. Yeah, I, I can't wait to be back. It'll be fun. Uh, I, I haven't been there in a few years, and it's always a blast going to uh, going to the convention and uh, and uh, seeing the fans and taking pictures and signing autographs and doing the uh, doing the Q and A with with everybody. So uh, I'm pretty jacked for it. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for sure to see you with, uh, with the Blackhawk fans again. Um, your contract officially expired with uh, with the Coyotes. Any plans for after career that you started to kind of think about? Or yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure what's what the plans are. So uh, I'll keep uh, hanging out right now and searching around. And I'm not too sure. So right now it's just enjoying. Uh, enjoying my my life and and yeah. traveling and having some fun and playing a lot of golf and maybe get back to work soon well if you ever want to chat a little bit more on here we're more than <laughs> happy to have you we'll tell some stories or something just have a good time yeah yeah let me know when i'm always glad to help we've got a men's league team that's uh, usually missing a couple of guys per game so we'll give you a ring too yeah let me know about that <laughs> 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 awesome. Well, David, uh, like I said, uh, we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to to talk and uh, to answer, you know, some questions that I'm sure that you've answered about a thousand and three times already. So, uh, yeah, 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 it's all good. Anything for uh, yeah. anything for Chicago fans. So yeah. I, I've always uh, I love Chicago, and any way I can help out in Chicago is is yeah. what I want. Well, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything that you did for, for the Blackhawk organization. You were always one one of the uh, one of the favorite Blackhawks that we got to cheer on. So I uh, thank awesome. you again. And, uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a awesome. lot, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one, eh? Hey, you too. Awesome. See you at the convention. Hey. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. <laughs> Dave, All right. So I, I didn't mean to say I love you. <laughs> no, you did. You 100% did. I did. Don't you did. ever take that away. Yeah. He left. Yeah. Hey, well, here's my question now. Are you upset that he laughed because now he feels like it's not real? Or are you okay with it? Well, considering he's only he only laughed twice, I think, in the, in the whole interview, <laughs> and that was one of them, I'll take it. And the other one, he asked Tanner if he lost his virginity. So I'll take that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right, bud. <laughs> I like how you caught yourself during that, Tanner. You're like, yeah, well, no, before that. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like 11, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, bro, knock it off. <laughs> Come on, bud. <laughs> Damn it. That, that was, was weird, that was incredible, honestly. That was so cool. Um, I just love the fact that he kept saying he'll do anything for Hawks fans and how oh, much he loves Chicago. So, yeah. I mean, like, like, like I said, I think now that he's officially retired he's gonna be known to hawks man as a blackhawk the rest of his life oh yeah he already was but i mean now it's like he can officially be like he can officially embrace it and all that well yeah i mean if you actually kind of also go over the season that he played with toronto and the two he played with florida he maybe played less than a whole season altogether yeah but how many did he have in arizona Zero. It was zero games played. It's fine. <laughs> you know who's going to have a couple more than zero games played in Arizona? Phil the Thrill. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Phil Kessel. NHL talk. Here we go. Happen. 
You know what's going to happen? Ciao. People in Arizona are actually going to go and watch hockey games now. What? Guaranteed. What? Ticket sales have skyrocketed. How high? How high did they skyrocket? Oh, fuck. Season ticket sales, 600%. Regular season, just game game tickets, 500%. Those even aren't real percentages. Can I I ask? Is this this Phil Kessel? Is this Phil Kessel or is this our boy Sam? I was literally just about <laughs> to ask that question. God damn. Is it Phil or is it our boy Sam? I don't know. I think it's Sam. I, think I don't know. Sure. He's pretty great. It's Sam. Thanks, Sam. I mean, he brought he brought Phil to Arizona, so I think you got to give it to yeah. Sam. And he brought the news to us first. So keep it up, Sam. He's doing shot, great. Sam. You're crushing it. You are crushing it out in AZ. Those checks will eventually come your way. Yeah. Not from us, but probably from, <laughs> your, from your employer. I, I hope I hope they've been coming already. So yeah. <laughs> but did you see those? Did you yeah. see those shirts? Yeah. yeah. All right. I was looking at the Arizona on Cat Friendly, and I was just like, man, oh, if they can stay healthy, they'll be fucking good. Those shirts too that they're putting out for Phil. Yeah, those are sweet. <sighs> yeah. Tanner, what goalie question? Have yeah. you? been seeing some of the tweets online about people asking who's actually going to be the starting goalie in Arizona next year. What? No. Yeah, I've seen that. That's hilarious. Are they serious? They're yeah. dead serious. They're like, not sure if it's going to be uh, Auntie Ranta or Darcy Kemper. Face McGee, Darcy Kemper. Yeah, thank you. What? Yeah. It's because, no. Kemper, it's because Kemper played so well when Ranta was hurt. He did. Let's call a spade a spade. Auntie Ranta is going to end up being your starter. That's the person that you want to be your starting goaltender. Yeah. You're not going to. You're not going to pay Auntie Ranta four point two, and then have, sit him on the bench and let um, Darcy Kemper get paid one point eight and yeah. play over him, unless he's terrible. But he won't yeah. be. No, he won't be. I mean, if anything, he'll get hurt again. If he gets hurt again. Yep. Who else did they have last year? Is like, was it Scott Wedgwood? Uh, Scott Wedgwood for uh, a little bit. Darcy Kemper, Scott Wedgwood, Aiden Aiden Hill, Aiden yeah, Hill. That Aiden was the Hill, one that he you. fucking tore it up. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. When we did their preseason thing last year, I was like, "Who the fuck is Aiden Hill?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we said a lot of funny things. Arizona yeah. was a rough go for us. And <laughs> don't talk about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. No, honestly, it's going to be a pretty exciting time out in uh, uh, out Arizona next year. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a, a very exciting time. I hope, you know what, that place, is, it's it's always fun to see that place when they're in playoff contention because the crowd does get pretty rowdy. That place does go pretty bonkers. So, I mean, um, just like a little little preview of like the season to come, like with Phil on that team and like they just missed the playoffs – that, and that and they were hurt. It, that division really didn't get any better. No, it's obviously it actually, it actually got worse. Probably that's the worst division I think in hockey right now. Well, you know, you're definitely going to do better than Edmonton. So, yeah. I wonder. Do you think that there's going to be some sort of a, a like a transition period for Phil, whether it's like good or bad? No, uh, I don't. Going from east to west because he's only known East Coast teams his entire time. Not East Coast, but Eastern Eastern Coast. Conference. This whole time coming out to the Western Conference, I'm wondering because I've I've heard that sometimes. 
Yeah, I mean, guys like uh, Carl Hagelin had a rough time. David Perron didn't do well in the East, but he does really well in the West. Carl Hagelin, complete opposite. Um, I I don't think so because... It's still what? hockey. It's not like it's National League Baseball and American it's, League Baseball. Like, yeah, but it's it's different. It's a different style of play. It's different it divisions. It's different travel. Like Arizona, you're you're in two different time zones. Like travel time's a little bit different too because the teams are a little bit more spaced out. Yeah. So I mean, it's it is different. Um, I I would say no. I think he's actually, I think he might actually do better. Because yeah. that's what I mean. One, he's in a low market area, even though tickets are skyrocketing it's it's not it's not like toronto it's not like pittsburgh it's it's arizona like he's this is the kind of place that he wants to play in where he can just go light it up and then just go sit on the beach or not the beach but like sit by the pool and just relax and eat a hot dog but uh and not only that but he's got he's got his um he's got Tocket. like him and him and Tocket were boys when he was in yeah. when Tocket was with pittsburgh so i mean i think that's gonna help him ease into a transition way quicker and not only that it's his fourth team like i He's used to this. That's true. I'm, man, I'm if I'm him, I'm kind of excited because that's a team where it's like he it's his team again. Yeah. Like 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 kind of like Toronto, but like without the whole all the media hype all the time, you know? Like yep. like if he if he has a bad game, like they're not gonna fucking destroy him. Like Yeah, they're not gonna lynch him. Right. They're gonna be like, Oh man, yeah. Phil's kinda off tonight. Hopefully he'll be better next year next game. Like how he was like the savior in Toronto, like every fucking game, no matter what, and he's gonna produce because he's Phil fucking Castle. Because he was on the shitty Toronto Maple Leafs at the time, and still putting up forty goals every season. Yeah, he's gonna be. But he was a bad hockey player and uncoachable. I don't understand. Champion in like Clayton Keller and Jesus Christ, Christian Dvorak, Vinny Hinostroza, Michael Grabner. Think about it, Think about it. He probably knows that that team could actually be something special because he was supposed to get traded to the Minnesota wild. And he took one look at that and went absolutely not and yeah. nipped that right in the bud. As soon as yeah. this trade come up, he was like, Oh hell yeah. I'm well, in. I guess, well, I he, think, I don't know. Did we talk about this last podcast? I don't remember, but he handcuffed the, the um, penguins. He, yeah. So he had to give him a Ted team trade list that he would go to. And no. nine out of the 10 teams were, teams that the penguins would not deal with and arizona was the only team that they actually had like good communication with that they would actually make a deal with so he every like, team them. every like, team I'm was here i'm going to arizona yeah every team was, was a rival was, like, teams that they couldn't deal with it was teams that like either couldn't afford them or yeah. teams in like their own division like that kind right. of it's like washington yeah. islanders right yeah exactly so i mean he wanted to be there especially with Tocket, like i said um yeah i mean they stay healthy watch out guys that yeah that could be a scary team. Thank God. Well, I don't know. They're gonna be in the central in a couple of years, so yikes. Yeah. Phil picks up a Phil season and maybe you get Clayton Keller back on like what he did his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's gonna be scary. That'll be fun. All you have to do is pair him up with Phil. And yeah. he'll get he'll get assists. He'll be yeah. fine. Just chip the puck out, Phil will wheel down the side and rip it far side and score. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Well, the Coyotes are going to get some fans finally filling their arena. And it sounds like the New York Islanders might be doing the same thing. Yeah. They're getting Why? themselves a brand new place, and it looks beautiful. So how long into that um, arena do they go? Yeah, we're going to go back to the Barclays Center <laughs> and also the Nassau. Nassau. We're just going to have three arenas. Yeah, we're going to split all three. Um, yikes. I don't know, man. 
fuck the islanders Islanders, such a shit show <laughs> like are, i mean in a weird way are they the edmontons of the east oh yeah they even have everly oh hey i like that um yeah i i don't know i just i don't know it feels like everything they do they just can't do anything right <laughs> they try very hard but it just never works out they like always make the playoffs almost <laughs> like yeah and how many times have they gotten to the second round twice okay twice there's like worse teams out there that's what i'm saying yeah but i mean it's like edmonton they get to the playoffs here and there and then uh no not really they got like they're once <laughs> i don't think I it's like, i don't think it's essentially in a while like i feel like the only other team more edmonton than edmonton or close to edmonton than edmonton is the senators the Senators were in the Eastern Conference Finals like two or three years I don't ago. think he's, talking, yeah, I don't think they're talking about show. like yeah, I don't think they're talking about talent wise. I think they're just talking about straight shit show like uh, Ottawa for sure. Yeah. Ottawa lost everything. Yeah. Thanks to that Uber driver. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely I, his fault. <laughs> I, I still can't get over that tweet, that Twitter thread. Of everything that's gone wrong for the Ottawa Senators since the conference final game seven. Yeah, yeah that was and it's unreal. incredible. It literally just goes from bad to worse. Some guy had a heart attack in the stands and died. Like how do you <laughs> I don't mean to laugh? That explains but... Ottawa very well. Yeah. You show up and then you just die. <laughs> Where dreams and fans go to die. <laughs> okay, let's not joke about this anymore. Let's yeah, <laughs> let's let's stop putting that in the universe. Yep, but speak- all right, let's uh, let's reel her back in. But uh, speaking <laughs> of the Uber back. video, Duchesne, did you see his little uh, signing present with uh, yeah, Nashville? Yeah, he's in the right place. <laughs> he's in the oh, right place. Talking right. about the welcome mat. Oh God! Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my God! There I love is. that. All um, right, so, all Islanders new stadium. Yeah. Pretty cool. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> two cool years, two years too late. Huh? Yeah. Two years too, too late. late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, now they're just trying to make their bid to keep Barzell. Yeah. So, hey, the the arena's common. I swear. Maybe that's their bid to get Tavares back. Yeah. Uh, you know, or bid to get Mitch Marner he's left on a yeah. contract right now. Yeah. Is there any offer sheet news out there? No. I would love to see this. No, no, it's so, not yeah. gonna happen. Nobody's gonna. No, I'm just, shooting. I'm just curious what's going since on. Last, like since last week, uh, the Hurricanes matched the offer sheet for <laughs> Sebastian Ajo. They're this t- is what happened since the last episode that we've done about offer sheets. Everybody tweeting about it's gonna happen. It actually happening? Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been everyone begging for an offer sheet. Just like, come on. Just every every NHL insider, I swear, I heard it. it one's coming. It, uh, you watch it. It might happen tomorrow. Okay, well, it's been three weeks and nothing's happened. It's just yeah, we're officially hitting in that lull of the off season, though. Yeah. Hey, good news though. The other day they showed um, all three of the Hawks Stanley Cup victories, and then they showed the 2010 Stanley Cup video on NHL Network. So that was cool. Nice. That was fun. Fucking ride Chicago. Um, I think the only other uh, NHL news was Michael Furlan getting yeah. signed to a four-year contract in Vancouver for a three-point-five million AAV, and one person tweeted out, uh, I think a Vancouver 
either writer or fan. He's got the blue check mark. Uh, but he tweeted out the Canucks had one job this summer, and it was not to take on any significant money for 21, 22, and beyond when Pedersen and Hughes come up for new deals. <laughs> then they went out and committed $14.75 million for those future seasons to JT Miller, Tyler Myers, and Michael Furland. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Oh, they, did they, and they gave up a first round pick for JT Miller. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, also, Capocaco signed in New York. Yeah. Him and Artemi are going to be pretty sick together. I just, um, uh, Artemi's dance. Ar- I'm not going to say, unless Artemi is still hashtag in one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Eight, $80 million dance, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, Fucking. Oh. Go ahead. I was going to say, Vancouver, I mean, not a guaranteed playoff team and could have possibly just given Tampa Bay like a top three pick, or possibly like a lottery pick. Yeah. <laughs> like Tampa doesn't need a fucking lottery pick, man. Like, yeah. Um. Oh, also, I don't know if you guys saw on the SBs, the Blues won the comeback oh, team yeah. of the year. Yeah. And the beginning of the speech, Ryan O'Reilly is up there and he says, I'm going to take my tooth out so I don't spit on anybody in the front row and takes his tooth out and starts his speech. So that's pretty funny. O'Reilly, guy's guy. Did you guys see that Jordan Bennington was in the uh, uh, sitting in the seats the entire time with his sunglasses on? No, <laughs> just like yeah, no, I'm not not a part of yeah. that. I'm so, not nervous. I don't want to get on stage. I'm not nervous. People kept on tweeting out. They're like, "Does anybody want to check on Bennington? I feel like this is uh, <laughs> uh, weekend at Bernie's. Just check his vitals real quick. Yeah, yeah. maybe he's upset because he didn't have a contract yet. He's did, fucking stone cold. Did you guys? He's did not you signed yet? No, I don't think so. I don't think he is. Did they you... haven't done much, the Blues. I think they're still partying. I was going to say, might be. They, probably can't they, might into, like, they probably can't get into like contract discussions because these guys are shit-faced. <laughs> Just, hey, do you want to sign? Management's like probably... Brian Hartman, nobody's oh, answering yeah. their phone. Yeah, yeah, right. Management would be hammered as well. Like Everybody's just shit-faced. <laughs> they're trying to pay guys in fucking beers at this point. I mean, to <laughs> I be fair... Say, this is- this is how contract negotiations are going between Doug Armstrong and players. Listen, I I think I think you could really just be like about four fourteen point five dollars worth. I just, you tell me, that's I, that's just what I think for like five years. I mean, to be fair, Anheuser Busch is fair, uh, in St. Yeah. Louis. So yeah, you know God's beer. God, this is God's country. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah, I think, we're I think that's it. <laughs> I think good thing we wasted we wasted all the good stuff on Dave Bolin. Yeah, well, I think some of the good stuff came up before that we started recording. It oh before. yeah, I'll, yeah. I let it out early. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You still had one little "I love you" left in there. Well, it, it didn't all make it out, but I waited out. till the end of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could tell you're like bouncing in your seat. You're like I can't, I can't wait to tell him. Can't wait to tell him how much I love him. <laughs> Well, I didn't. T- well, we can yeah. stop. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna take one listen to this podcast and go, "Oh, fuck! I never should have that. Never should have did that. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I should not have said that." All right, uh, that is it for us for episode sixty-five. The Andrew Shaw, welcome back. Um, for Potes, Noli, Tanner, and Jerem, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Dave Bolin, we love you. Love you. Love you, Bullock. <laughs> 
follow the boys on Twitter at WCB Podcast, on Instagram at WCB Podcast, and like them on Facebook, the Windy City Benders Podcast.